it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan, 
Peter V.S. Bond explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Shri and Peter. Welcome again to the CPG Guys podcast. It's PVSB, one of the aforementioned CPG Guys. Today's episode was recorded high atop the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. We were attending the 2022 Grocery Shop Conference. Over 4,000 of our closest industry friends joined us in Las Vegas, including our Fresh Fork co-hosts, Andrea Lay and Melissa Burdick, Brian Gildenberg, the host of the Gildenberg Omnicomet, and even... Risa Crandall and Jennifer Silverberg from the CPG Scoop podcast. Before we get to that episode we recorded, we want to remind you that all of our content is available by visiting cpgguys.com. We have a brand new website with all sorts of rich content and episodes organized into themes like retail media, content, direct to consumer, and loyalty. If you aren't already following us on LinkedIn, please do so. You'll be joining over 16,000 other industry professionals on an entertaining and educational journey. We also manage two closed groups on LinkedIn, CPG e-commerce and retail media professionals. Over 1,000 professionals have already joined these groups. Please consider doing it yourself. We're also on other social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. Check out our series on Knowledge Drops which is intended to be a fun way to learn about our industry. And, of course, remember to check out the FMCG Guys podcast hosted by our friends Daniel and Efrain. They take the CPG Guys podcast format across the pond and speak to retail and fast-moving consumer goods luminaries from a European perspective. Just visit fmcgguys.com to learn more. And, of course, check out our latest addition to our family, the CPG Scoop, hosted by Jennifer and Risa. They conduct snackable conversations with industry veterans, it's a fun way to discover what's new and next in CPG commerce and marketing. Visit cpgscoop.com to learn more. Lastly, we're very proud to partner with Next Up, also known as the Network of Executive Women, whose mission it is to advance all women in business and to promote the cause of gender equality and career development. Please visit nextupisnow.org slash cpgguys to learn more about this great group. And now on to the episode that we recorded at Grocery Shop. Today's episode focuses on how brands are shifting their marketing budgets to investments that deliver positive, measurable returns across the omni-channel commerce landscape through the latest in technology, particularly through the use of first-party consumption data. Of course, I'm talking about Fetch, the leading mobile loyalty platform for brands, retailers, and restaurants. And everyone who listens to this podcast regularly knows that when I am not podcasting, I am part of the team at Fetch, helping brands and retailers and restaurants increasingly drive meaningful sales through engagement strategies. Earlier this summer, Fetch announced that they had over 5 million daily active users of their mobile app. I think that's up to 6 million at this point. For context, that tree, that's larger than Starbucks. Holy God, that's, 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 that's huge. It's huge. 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 Yeah, um, huge. huge. So, so here to speak to us about the transformation that's taking place in shopper engagement is the co-founder and CEO of Fetch. It's his second visit to the podcast, and so much has happened at Fetch in the last year that Shri and I wanted to have him back to speak with us. And you know something, Shri? You know, his episode was the most downloaded episode of, of all of 2021. 
and we're hoping he can recreate that magic in 2022. Coming back to spot. Challenge accepted! <laughs> Six million daily users, it shouldn't be that hard. hard. <laughs> Come on, we can get some here, yeah. Please join Shreem and welcome to the podcast, my friend, my CEO, Wes Schwab. Hey, Wes, how you doing? I'm great, I'm great. Thanks, to ha- thanks for having me, as always, guys. This is awesome. Uh, we are so excited to have you back because there's so much newsworthy going on at Fetch, the space that Fetch is in, that we have a lot to talk about. Before we get into that, why don't you provide our audience? Some some may not be familiar. There are seven to 18 million monthly active users. That means there are a lot more million that aren't aware of it. So why don't yeah. you educate our audience a little bit about what Fetch is? Of course. So Fetch Rewards, we run a completely free mobile application that really anyone across the entire U.S. can use. You utilize it by just taking pictures of any of your receipts from any retailer that you get. Uh, you can also connect digital accounts. So online, offline, doesn't matter. You can participate. And you're going to earn fetch points every time you do that. Now, fetch points are important because you can turn around and redeem them on everything from like free gift cards. You can donate them to charity. You can enter into sweepstakes. All kinds of different things you can do with your points. And as you scan more and more receipts, we'll then start coaching you into how you can earn a lot more. So if you start to buy our partner brands or maybe shop at our partner retailers, go to our partner restaurants, you're going to earn incrementally more points for doing that. So over time, you're going to maximize your points. You're going to earn really quickly and you're going to be redeeming for cards left and right. And it's as easy as that. It truly is. So I got a question yeah. this morning. I saved this for this discussion. Perfect. I got a coffee and I saved the receipt. Yep. Can I fetch some points? You can absolutely fetch some points. I think I got one. I think I have one in my back pocket too because... Yeah, there we go. I, I, I wanted to be on brand if I did. Yeah, and, I, and the Aquafina, which is a PepsiCo product, which means I'm going to earn some points. Awesome, awesome. You know what I heard, Shri? You can redeem points for things like merch. Like, oh, okay, who loves merch? Now, how do we get the CPTI's merch into a redemption option <laughs> for Fetch? We have to work on that. By the way, anyone who's watching this, you're going to see a really cool Fetch hockey jersey. It's not part of the merch no. options <laughs> yet, but who knows? But who knows? for Fetch. Do I? Yeah. Do I? Oh my god! It's hard I hope you know that on the CPG guys because it's, every other episode he's got fat jersey on. Is that Maybe I mentioned. Maybe I mentioned at the top of every episode. That's usually the dead giveaway. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. Thank you, Wes, for that. We're gonna have a digital in the digital line notes of this episode. We'll have a link to your LinkedIn profile. We'll have a link to the. Uh, Fetch Partners page because this is a B two B podcast and that's the one. But we're also gonna have a link to download the mobile app and. I think there might be some referral points that are going to come with that. So if you download the app from the link in the digital liner notes, you're going to start with like 2,000 points right off. That's like two bucks. That's some yeah. good That's some good money. It's going to start compounding from there. So I love it. Love money, 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 right? money, money. All right. So this is great. So what we're going to do is we're going to – got a bunch of questions. We've got the hot lights on. You're under the, you're under the spotlight. We're going to take it on. Let's 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 rumble. Of course, we've never done this before, so how would you know? Yeah, no idea. <laughs> All right, uh, we made reference to this at the beginning, but Fast has really been on an explosive trajectory in quite a number of ways. So let's start with user growth. It, what is really making this platform so appealing to users, and why do they just? It's one thing to download it, but it's another thing to just keep using it and using it and using it. Like, would you share with us some of the comparative metrics around? reach and depth of use and why you think that this is happening. Yeah. So day one, when we set out to build a platform, we set out to create something that would sit at this intersection that we believed was really powerful 
an intersection that was between something everyone knows that they should do, which is save money. They were told that since a very young age that we should be focused on saving money, but in the day, it's not all that enjoyable or fun or simple or straightforward. So we said, okay, well, what if we combine that with something you actually wanted to do? What if we made an app that almost felt like you were playing a game where it felt silly to not be using it? And that's really, you know, that, that pinnacle is what we try to create our products on, is sitting right at that intersection of those two things. And I think we've been really fortunate that we've had a lot of partners who have seen eye to eye with that. They know that, hey, as this audience comes onto the platform, this is a great place to meet them, which means the value that a consumer can earn has only grown year over year. So in terms of why do people stay? Well, they stay because they know that they're earning more and more as we bring on more partners. And Exponentially partners and what they earn. Exactly. So why wouldn't you stay on the platform, especially as you're reaching out to try to earn some of those you know, milestones? And beyond that, if you think about a lot of the macro trends that we're experiencing right now, I mean, inflation is hitting everyday households hard. And everyone is thinking about how can I stretch my dollar to just go a little bit further? And I think Fetch has just been very well positioned. I mean, to be sitting on the App Store, whether it's on Apple or on Google with over 2.5 million five-star reviews, you come there and you're like, okay, this is a trusted, this is real. I should give this a try. So the fact that we've been building that up over the last five years, I think, put us in a place so that when the market conditions change to have everyone out there feeling smart for telling their friend about a fun way to save, we already have the data the data points, we have the value there, the proof points. So it's allowed us to really capture the growth as the attention of the nation has shifted there. I mean, the fact that just a couple of weeks ago, we were the number two app in the entire app store for like a week straight. We're not talking like the shopping section. No, the entire and app store. And how many apps are there in the app store? I think it's like two million apps. Number two, two and two million. We got to take on number one. We're going to find them straight. Yeah, how many five star rating did you say? Over two point five I'm million. I'm thinking how the CPG guys get over. We need some of their numbers. We need some of their. We got followers. Oh, we got LinkedIn followers, but we need those ratings and reviews. Well, you guys are uh, going to always battle with the the TAM for your B two B business podcast is going to be obviously in the tens of thousands of people yeah. that you're going to be able to reach yeah. versus Fetch as you talked about. I mean, eighteen million, and there's still more out there. We think there's over 100 million U.S. households that are directly in our sweet spot of people that would like to use this application. So we still think we're just scratching the surface right now. I mean, when we sit back in our planning, we're talking about how do we achieve 50 million monthly active users in the U.S. I couldn't agree more with you. So I think we're still just at the early point. So long way of answering that. I think this the, the momentum has been earned by the team, been earned by the product, and it's going to sustain for quite some time. We'll probably get to teamwork at some point, but since you last came on the show, you've already been through and completed successfully another round of financing. Congratulations Thank on that, you. by the Thank way. You. And uh, how was this round different from trial rounds in terms of how you're investing those funds that you've actually gotten? And then how long do you expect this financing to bridge through uh, day-to-day operations? And then what's the next logical step from this? Yeah, so I would say if you look back to all of our rounds of funding that we've done, Series D and earlier, and if you look at the participants of those, whether it's SoftBank, Iconic, DST, um, Graycroft, these are companies that are known for investing for a huge growth upside, and they're still taking large swings at the plate. You know, it's true venture investing where you're not sure if all of them are going to succeed. In our Series E, that was changed up because it was actually led by Hamilton Lane who I would say is much less like a VC and much more like a true like PE type of uh, investment institution, which I think signals the fact that we're just maturing as a business. 
while we still are experiencing hyper growth, we're doing it efficiently with great unit economics, which means we are coming, you know, we are going to intersect with profitability very, you know, just, just by us continuing on our glide path, we are going to intersect with that. Even if we're trying to continually up our investment, we can't even keep up with the, the unit economics that are just going to work in our favor. So I think that's the biggest difference is when we're deploying capital from this most recent round, it's, it's not about when's the next raise. For us, we're going to get to profitability and we're going to choose whether or not we'll ever want to do another raise or you know continue to run as a private company or maybe a public company down the road. Um, options is, I'd say, the biggest difference of this round versus previous rounds. So good to hear. I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited that it's just a different mindset that we have. But again, like the key point is we're not slowing down on growth. We're not slowing down on investment. If anything, it's been increasing in a, a lot of areas. But um, again, just you have this multiplier of as the user base, base keeps growing, plus we have more and more great partners across more verticals, the unit economics just continue to work uh, profitable quicker. Um, and that just means no matter how aggressively you're investing, you're able to still be marching towards that profitability, which I think all of our partners should be excited about. That just means longevity. Of course. Yeah. Well, I think your response dovetails perfectly into my next question, which is you've been adding some pretty marquee names to your roster of partners. Their brands, their retailers, their restaurants, right? And some of them have even skipped over what we traditionally refer to as a pilot phase and said, no, I believe so much in what you've been able to create. I just want to go to full partnership. So from that standpoint, why are brands getting, from your perspective, so heavily and uh, immersed and engaged in the Fetch platform? I mean, just even talking about the scale, right? So 18 million, almost 18 million monthly active users, 6 million daily active users. At some point, it's not even about Fetch's ability to sell. It's about the ability, whoever's sitting on the other side of the table, to just listen to consumers, right? Consumers have voted with their time. 6 million daily active users. People are submitting still almost 28 receipts per month on average. So it's not like those consumers are going anywhere. They're truly looking for something. So I think a lot of just the innovative brands or retailers or restaurants are just seeing this as, oh, this is where consumers are going. So we, uh, we, we of course, need to optimize our brand's experience on a platform that millions of our consumers are choosing to use. So I think that's one bucket, right? Like people people can choose to, to listen to their consumers, look at the 2.5 million plus five-star reviews and you just hear the power of it. Like we've done things too where, hey, tweet at, you know, your favorite brand or in, in my Instagram post, comment on your back. And we get them thousands of mentions within 24-hour period. So they can then pick that up in their own national, you know, tracking of the conversation and see, okay, this is, this is real. One way or another, this is happening. So I think that's one element. And then the second element is when you look at the macro conditions again and you think about the reaction that anyone in this space needs to be thinking about as we're looking to buckle up and you know tighten down the belts you're looking to shift there's like a flight towards things that have proven efficiency and quality and i think fetch is just set up given the the data set that 28 receipts per month to be a highly attributable um, source that you can target the exact right customer at the right time and then measure whether or not it worked. And if it didn't work, learn from that, quickly iterate and pull back, and you can add and flow investments in real time. It's, it's exactly what I think a lot of companies are looking to for the future to look like, and we just have to happen to have a platform that's able to deliver that for them today. You know, Shri, it's interesting. Oh, well, just on the we were talking a little bit about social media. Um, 
Do you know that there are three people appearing at grocery shop that have the coveted blue check from Instagram? Now, one of them is Fiji, who's the CEO of Instacart. The other one is John, who runs Walmart US. Do you know who the third is? It's not the CPG. It's not the CPG. We we check somebody other off, but it's not not them. It might be the guy sitting in the toilet. I might be wearing a CPG shirt. There we go. That is Slaughter's CPG guy. Styling and profile. CPG guy. He said it himself. So I love that. The the success obviously is phenomenal over here, and I'm also um, I think the CPG guys are really pleased to hear that you feel this 15 million plus is just the tip of the iceberg, and you can truly go to 100 million households, which is what. Purchasing power in the United States, and nothing should stop you from doing that, right? Because everyone's looking, not necessarily just for a way to save, but also they're looking for the outcomes from that savings, which is the list of rewards. So the rewards, one of the fetch rewards. So staying on the theme of brands, right? Several of your brand partners have actually built their clubs inside of the fetch rewards mobile app. And from your perspective, what's the value proposition? for a brand to actually operate a brand portfolio club into a fetch, which is a dream for brands. Right? Like some brands actually, one brand in particular, they actually took a legacy program and moved it into the app. But what is, what's going on there? So I think it goes back to almost the same thing that we were talking about in the last question. You you, you almost have to follow the, the voice of the consumer at some point, right? And where their time is being spent in their eyeballs. And, and, and if you combine that with the actual data of what they're doing, it becomes a really, really powerful ecosystem to play in. And I think you, you see a lot of brands remembering what the beginning of Facebook looked like when you could also create a Facebook brand page and where consumers could opt in to follow your brand page. And by doing that, they're raising their hand saying, hey, I love your brand. I want to learn more about it. Fetch is essentially doing the same thing, but in a much more intimate experience that is all around the specific category that these brands live in, shopping. So these consumers, when they open the app, they are in the shopping mindset. That is the perfect time for any of our brands or retailers or restaurants to connect with them. So what we enabled for them to do via the clubs was to deliver an even deeper experience for their best customers. Now we know not 100% of people are going to go and sign up for any club that we launch, no matter what category it is. It doesn't make sense for them to. They're not spending enough money in that category. They don't you know, care enough about that category to want to spend extra time there. But it's the 80-20 rule where you're going to have 20% of people that are probably generating 80% of your value today that you do want to give a deeper experience to that can really bring the brands to life and show the power of the portfolio in a lot of our CPG cases. Um, you know, directly to that consumer in a way that, again, is on a platform that they're already choosing to spend their time on. So I think that's where you're seeing more and more brands move towards that large-scale companies launching these with us, maybe even disrupting the current ones that they had run before, because they just see this as a much more efficient place to do it. Having a third party who has, you know, 800 full-time employees, over 400 of which are engineering product and tech. So no CPG is going to be able to staff any project they do with that type of firepower versus we can do that and bring these type of world-class tools and bring their world-class brands to life on those world-class tools. So I think that's the key of what we're trying to deliver for them. And because we're seeing massive success on that, we have PepsiCo running with our 2.5 million uh, activations in it already. I think Huggies already has over a million, which is for 
that category is a not insignificant portion of all buyers in the entire diaper category live on their on their ecosystem. So we're seeing success after success right now with this. So I think you'll see more coming too. I want to remind our audience that Shree and I have the pleasure of speaking today with Wes Schroll, the co-founder and CEO of Fetch, the mobile loyalty platform with over 18 million monthly active users. Wes, Fetch has captured a sizable amount of omni-channel purchasing behavior from its users. Last calculation I saw, all of the register receipts they're snapping or sharing digitally through email or, or Amazon provisioning, it comes to something like $130 billion in gross merchandise value. That is akin to the fifth or sixth largest retailer in the United States, but it's omni-channel. Like, you know, that is pretty kind of crazy. So from your perspective, in what number of ways does this scale really enable brands to engage your users from uh, the perspective of the brand, from the perspective of engaging category buyers, uh, uh, and and from a from a uh, either a retailer or even a channel perspective. Yeah, I mean, just to put a finer point on it. So, as you mentioned, we're capturing 130 billion dollars of GMV every 12 billion. months. I heard every 12 months. So that that Say is the number again for our 130 billion. And, and that's we remember we launched the app in 2017. So just after a little over five years to be capturing as many sales and have influence over as many sales as the fifth largest retailer in the U.S., I think shows the the power of a platform like this and the attraction it has to everyday consumers. But back to also what we were talking about earlier, what where can this go? You know, at the 40, 50 million monthly active users, which we absolutely believe is in the art of possible over the next two, two and a half years, we would be capturing close to 400 to 500 billion dollars in GMV. That would be hands down the largest retail channel uh, in the entire United States. And so just the fact that you're able to do that without having to have the overhead of launching new stores or things like that just goes to the power of how fast something like this can spread. And as you pointed out, it is completely omnichannel. So whether a consumer and a household is choosing to do 50% of their purchases online, it's only 50% of the physical world, we see it all. So that retailer that we would be representing, what's so unique about it is that that retailer actually receives 100% of the spend of any given household. So whether you're a retailer or a restaurant or a CPG, that gives you the ability to deploy dollars efficiently because you actually can know whether or not you're shifting a consumer around from place to place or if it's truly additive, you can think about LTV or lifetime value of a consumer on a category level. And that one was as a metric the DTC world is completely conquered and measured. It's one that brands of the, the larger brands that redistribute through the retailer have dreamt of all their life. So you're telling us you are now creating a way and a methodology for brands to be able to measure LTV. Absolutely. And not even they just brands. Retailers too, which I hear all the time, which is they can understand exactly what a household's worth and therefore walls. But the big question is, well, what are they doing outside of those four walls? What What is the LTV of this household? <laughs> and since our average consumer, those 28 receipts per month, that represents over $14,000 per year per household that we capture. So to see where that's all being spent is so important. So that type of relationship enables us to do all kinds of things, whether it's you know deploy very targeted offers to a consumer to get them to shift behavior, introduce new products to them, 
But beyond that, that relationship can be tapped into for so many other things. It can go into asking them questions about what what do they like about that new product. You know, you could run surveys directly and talk to the consumer, and then watch their behavior to see whether or not you know what they say matches what they do. Or think about if someone goes and purchases one of these physical items, we have the proof of purchase. We've been talking about that. So the ability to then ask them, hey, Wes, what did you think of the Aquafina water? Rate it. You know, it's one to five stars. Why not be able to pipe that over into any online presence so you can actually get some UGC recognition, right? Some user-generated reviews. We, we can absolutely do that across those $130 billion. Well, let's jump into that for a second because what's really interesting about that is um, with respect to those those reviews is um, we know the product ratings and reviews drive SEO on the digital shelf. Now, you can invest in retail media. We talk about that a lot on our page. But what do you do about the rest of the page? And we know that if you're not on page one, you're really not in the consideration set. The way a lot of brands get UGC traditionally is through sampling. And it's a very inefficient method. It's expensive. It's expensive. It's inefficient. And just because you sent them a, a sample doesn't mean they're going to write a review. Can you talk to a degree about, like, are there particular categories where, like, that's not even an option? And how you've kind of revolutionized and been able to scale out the collection of information and basically leverage the, the platform you've already created and just reapply it? Yeah. So, I mean, well, wait, so you're telling me. Batches now also can also deliver UGC for brands, correct? Absolutely. And at a scale that I would say is rather unprecedented because you're able to take all of their purchases, whether it's physical or online purchase, and that is a verified purchase, and then convert that by asking the consumer a simple question, simple set of questions about that product. So think of a category like ice cream. How are you going to mail ice cream to a consumer's house and get them to test it and then fill something out? That's a pain, isn't it? Yeah, right? I'm guessing that's a, that's, that's a tough one. Sir, are you going to have to spend yeah, a lot yeah. of money in dry ice to ship dry out? Dry ice, freeze-dried mechanisms. No, not think of all the damage in transportation. The costs are huge there versus why don't you just subsidize the cost of the product for the consumer? They can go to the store. They can pick out the actual tub of Ben & Jerry's as an example. Maybe it's a new flavor. They can ring it through. We'll refund the price based upon what we saw that they paid for. And now they can go home and authentically experience that brand. They can share it with their family. And then by the time you ask them what you think of it, you're now getting a holistic representation of what they think of that product. Not just if someone was handing out a sample in the store or anything like that, or even if you were mailing and it shows up half melted already, you can't control the quality. Really? This is something that's much more back in the consumer. Whoever standards. came up with that idea, a little pat on the back. Honestly, don't even know. <laughs> so, uh, special question for you: Is Cherry Garcia your favorite your effort to benefit? Fish food. Fish food. I should have guessed. Sugar. Of course. He's, he's doing it for the omega three, not for the sugar. One more thing on the UGC aspect: I think what's important, particularly for those perishable categories, is prior to the pandemic. Food and beverage grocery sales accounted for, what, less than 5% of e-commerce. And now it's, what, 10, 15, going on 20. These brands, if you're a brand out there and you want to win on the digital shelf, you're going to find that, one, you're going to run out of money on retail media. And two, retail media is only going to get you a couple of items at the top of the page. What do you do with the rest of your assortment to win on the digital shelf? You're telling me that an ice cream manufacturer that can't sample but wants to win on the digital shelf has a viable solution to collect copious amounts of UGC 
in a very frictionless manner. Yeah, I mean, and without even cherry picking, one of the first questions you asked me was, "How did we capture the momentum?" And I said, "Well, over the last five years, we've built up five and a, or two and a half million five-star reviews." So that by the time our moment in time came and a consumer goes to the app stores, which for us is the equivalent of where UGC would go, boom, the consumer can believe in the product and they can go and download it. So the time for UGC for a CPG product is now before there's a big run in the category or something. Because if you build it up now, you will never be able to move fast enough to capture it when you most desperately need it. So a lot of our partners, we see building up this database right now so that when that time comes, when the next shock to the system and everyone's going online goes, they're already ready to go. And there's some transformation going on at the retail side as well. Albertsons recently added ratings and reviews to their site. Absolutely. Instacart has now started to add it on select shops. So if you want to win on those formats, you really want to have factors to drive SEO. And we know that average star rating and review count drive SEO. The way I think about it is the scale of Amazon, right? Amazon scale because they have ratings and reviews and half the human world goes there. And if they don't buy that, you look at ratings and reviews. If other retail wants to compete, they're going to have to have ratings and reviews. And this just makes it a whole lot easier to get those ratings and reviews both for brands and retailers across the diaspora of distribution, which is a big, big deal. Yeah. And so... Um, you're here with us recording this at Grocery Shop. Yeah. And you guys have decided to go big or go home at Grocery Shop. There's probably 20 odd of you here at Grocery Shop. Something like that, yeah. You got a big booth going on here, a show hall booth. You're participating in hosted meetings. You even have a partner on stage talking about outcomes from the engagement with Fetch. We won't say who. That's because we don't want to I think there might even be a couple. <laughs> we won't take it away from the audience. It's a, it's a special message. And then what are some of your thoughts on Fetch leaning into grocery shop? Hopefully you'll see your shop talk as well. And just other public industry events. I mean, this is a public industry event for you. I'll be that lucky, Peter. Absolutely it is. Um, When you think about Fetch as a brand, we're still in our infancy. Because at the end of the day, we only launched the Fetch Rewards app five years ago. There are so many people that I still run into who remember us from even two years ago, which is great, but we were under 10 million no, users. Years ago. You remember me. Exactly. Before I even had this, you remember me. You and me both. Yeah, right? So I, I wish I could grow hair on the side <laughs> of my face. I still have the baby face right yeah. So, So us being here with a big presence is coming out to show people that, hey, during the pandemic, one of the trends that has remained, it wasn't just a flash in the pan, has been this desire of consumers to get rewarded for the things that they're spending their hard-earned money on, especially as things are getting tighter right now. And that Fetch is the player who has been there for them over the last five years and who has emerged as the clear leader in the space. So we're here to you know, be open to have dialogues and talk with brands, retailers, restaurants, anyone who wants to talk about connecting with you know, soon-to-be tens of millions of monthly active Fetch users that you know are looking for value in everything that they do. So... What I love about that is that, that that's basically every company that's here in some form or another could generate and be able to benefit from having a relationship to those end consumers. We're just here to represent them. Um, so, yeah, we're thrilled to be here, thrilled to be playing big here, and you'll see us at other shows as well. And is there a specific outcome you want from these big industry events? You're obviously going to drive significant brand equity for Fetch Rewards and you're going to share a bunch of ideas that are going to resonate with brands, but is, is there anything else you're looking for? Other than, of course, I know 
you really had to be on the CPG guys because this is important. This, this was the number one problem. reason. That was yeah, the, that was the excuse. Yeah, that was the excuse to justify this. No, I'd say the biggest outcome that we're looking for is the density in which our schedules are packed with high value meetings, with, again, things that would otherwise take us weeks to pull together. Um, our job, again, we are feeling like we are always time crunched to go out and deliver more value to our consumers. And will you be attending some of those meetings? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I might you. even be celebrating someone's birthday later tonight. Wow. Wow, maybe. Can, can, I, can I join? I don't no, know. We'll see if you make me a fight list. It's uh, exclusive, right? Uh, you're on the wait list. list. You're right there towards the top. I will say September birthday. Oh, I'm on the wait list? You're on the I know list. someone else who had a September birthday who's on this podcast earlier in September. Is a vertical, by the way. Yeah, okay. they might be the best. September birthdays. Yes, yes. All right. Let me, let me close this out uh, for this conversation with. We've talked about where where Fetch has been. What are some of the areas where Fetch is focused on, particularly improving the user experience? Because what's driving driven the success of Fetch, as you alluded to, is just it's so easy to use and it's so much fun to use, right? And what enhancing applications to the platform are you focused on for brands and retailers um, uh, that's going to get them excited? And you've talked a lot about the fact that you're here in the U.S., it's just a very small little part of the world. What are you thinking about? World domination? Come on, tell us. It's only us and our 15, 16,000 of our closest friends here. You can tell us. Yeah, so a, a couple of key things there. So one of the pillars that we're always focused on, especially over the last two years, if you look at third-party reported data, so like data AI is a great example, we currently live in the shopping category. That's where our app lives today. And if you look at other shopping apps, their typical ratio of monthly active user to daily active user sits somewhere around like 15%, which is good. That is very good for shoppers. 15%. Um, if you look at like on the other end of the spectrum, what are the apps that people use every single day, the Instagrams of the world, they live at 65%, 70% of their monthly active users are using daily. Fetch is right in the middle. We're at like 35% of our users are using the app daily, which is by far at the top of the shopping category. But it's trending actually much more towards the Instagrams of the world. So for us, what that means is our consumers are open to engaging with us on a daily basis. And it makes sense. You're shopping on a daily basis. So we're working on building features that will make it really worthwhile for a consumer to want to engage on that daily basis. So not only being able to just come in and scan your receipts and earn points, but a lot of people are looking for community. They want to be able to, we added a social feature. You can <coughs> with friends and family uh, who can earn more points and you can see how they're earning points and things like that. So, so it's um, a friendly, competitive nature. Yeah. You know, humans are driven by that. Guess who to can, can, can compete for? We're, we're not, it's not going to be friendly if it's you and me. I never said it was friendly. I said, guess who's going to compete? I know. Of course. <laughs> It's going to be like uh, you know what? It's going to keep it's like the World Series. It's going to keep points. us through the off season of baseball. There you go. There you, you guys go. need something to focus on during the off season. Okay, you and me. Between February when the Giants will make the Super Bowl and win eventually, and then the start of spring training, April, we're going to have to compete. For you guys will be going after. I love it. I and love no it. No cheating allowed because he's a fetch employee. Understood. We would always play above board on that. I want to remind our audience that uh, all of our content is all available for free. Uh, just go to cpgguys.com while you're there. Um, make sure to give us a rating and a review. We want your feedback. We want to make sure that we have great guests 
like Wes or who are relevant to what you want to learn about. And the best way to do that is just tell us what you're looking for. And if you think you have something to contribute to the conversation, drop us an email at contact at cpgguys.com. Maybe you can be in the same hot seat that Wes is in right now. Wait, wait, wait. You guys called it a throne earlier. It's the it's the heat going from the left. Oh, lastly, we, Sri and I both want to thank, but we're so grateful for the sixteen thousand followers on LinkedIn that have created such a community. Plus, plus, plus. So it's a it is a powerful community. We don't take it for granted. We we're here to serve you, uh, and we want to make sure the content is relevant. And we hope we hope to continue to do that for eons to come. Right, Sri. Absolutely. Uh, Wes, thanks so much for taking the time out at the grocery shop. Should be a great event here. Thanks for coming up and uh, spending a little time with our little cottage industry here. It's my pleasure. Looking forward to seeing you guys down on the uh, show floor. All right, Shri, I'm just going to do a couple of points here. On I got one lunch for you. Uh, well, you're going to do it. Well, you know what? I'm going to let you. Absolutely. Absolutely. First, you made an in- Instagramist reference. So the 16,000 plus followers, we know it's like the million in Instagram. So we are genuinely thankful for everything each one of you does for the CPG guys and your love. So let's get to fetch. You, you, I was already distracted when he said 2 million plus five star reviews because I've been trying to internalize how the CPG guys get that. Can we get 16,000 five star reviews? But then I started listening to the data points, 6 million daily users. That's 35% of your greater than 15 million user base that's actually downloaded and has used the app at least once. 28 receipts per month, $14,000 are spent per year. I mean, these numbers are crazy. And they're then, a market researcher's dream, aren't they? Market research, that's the right statement, actually. Market researcher's dream, right? You can see the little drool coming out of the corner of their mouth, like, what? Absolutely. You've got then, what? Then you also refer to the ambition, right? Why not reach every household in America? Because everyone's trying to save in their grocery shopping, which is like closer to the 100 million range. And then you also. For the goal out there being Instagram is, which is rather than 35% of your users using daily, why not shoot for that 60%? Grade, let's say greater than 50% range. And I love that as a founder, CEO, you place teamwork early up for the success of Fetch Awards and didn't really say it's all me and my idea and things of that nature. In fact, I asked you a question about UGC later in the show and you didn't know who it was, but you felt that they drove that success, that you spoke to it so passionately as well. We got into fundraising right up front. You said fundraising is now giving you the option on whether you should raise again or you play this out, increase your profitability, and then whether you go public or not in the first place. And then um, we started getting into the depth of what Fetch Rewards does. You gave the example of an Insta post where you asked your active users, the, the amazing 6 million daily users, what's their favorite brand? And all of a sudden, now if you're a brand, that's social currency. Essentially, that's what you're referring to. You have... 6 million daily users were social currency for brands to take advantage of as appropriate to get their messages out. And then what you do when they do that with you is you attribute and measure. The word I want to use is precision marketing in real time. Real time is the second word that comes in to precision. And then we talked a little bit about the club-based concepts that they have on the mobile app and the rewards for portfolio purchases which many brands are in multiple subcategories. Easy way of doing it without burdening the retailer would be partner with Fetch, right? And then you talked about the strength of the company being half the company's engineering, product, tech, so they can adapt to a brand's dynamic marketing needs. And you give the Huggy and Huggies and PepsiCo examples of activation dynamically by leveraging this that way. Then we talked about GMV, $130 billion of GMV captured by y'all. Technically, it's fifth largest retailer. 
and your ambitions to be the largest crossing the $500 billion mark. So good luck on the journey to do that. And um, we talked a little bit about survey, you know, of what the big takeaway from being this becomes an automatic methodology for research for not the qualitative, but also delivering on the quantitative. So I don't even want to use the word panel because you've got 5 million in your panel. It's no longer a panel system. It's like rich data now comes and in insights you can, that's just crazy. And then uh, the switch from sampling, which is not just an expensive investment, but there's damages in the process. You never know if someone will submit a ratings interview after they receive it to then move into UGC generation by simply rewarding at scale for purchases at scale. And lastly, the one note I made here is a pandemic trend, right? Uh, people now really tell you, they've expressed to you that Fetch has been for them through the pandemic and that's why your base is going to continue. Congratulations on all the success, man. Thank you. I mean, that was a great recap. So much appreciate the time, guys. We're going to keep you around. We can do those more often. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not fired. <laughs> Wes, thanks again. And to our audience, we really appreciate you joining us. We look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.